And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. Oh, and it's good to great to be with you this morning as well. So in Temecula, a multi-million dollar jewelry award uh, was just handed out this last week. It was $58 million. It was over a car accident, and the percentage of at fault and the actual decision of the 58 million is kind of out of whack plus the original claim was for a lot less money how did this cannonball up to 58 million yeah it's a really weird sort of convoluted story and and i'm not one of those people who is opposed to big jury awards and that i think sometimes people especially if they're harmed by a much bigger and more powerful entity and that that a huge award is in order to prevent the action from occurring again. So anyways, I don't have a problem so much with big awards, but it just this one is kind of a weird setup. And it's so it, it was at the Riverside County Court where the jurors decided this, but it was a, a man in Temecula who, who was the victim in this accident. But it's like he, uh, this happened in 2011, he was driving home really late at night, he fell asleep at the wheel, spun out in the road, his car was stopped backwards in the middle of the road, and he got out of the car, and then uh, another motorist came along who was wanted to help him, and so they were sort of standing there, kind of figuring out what to do, and uh, the car is facing backwards, the headlights are on, and the guy who pulled over to assist him, he's got his flashers on, and then another guy comes along and I guess apparently doesn't see any of that in time and hits uh, one of the cars and both of the guys standing there get hit and fly like 40 feet or something like that and get hurt very badly. The guy who was the kind of good Samaritan, he is hurt badly, but he's sort of okay now, but the guy who spun out his car is very badly paralyzed. Uh, almost his entire body is paralyzed. He's in a lot of pain, and you know it's it's really bad. So his family is now having to take care of him. His parents and he is. Um, they were originally trying to get from the insurance company, I, I believe, of the person who hit him just get an award of $15,000 to just be able to buy a van to take to their son to his multiple doctor's appointments. And uh, the insurance company, as they so often do, just really, really dragged their feet. And so the family decided to take it to court because it was coming up on a statute of limitations and all this other stuff. So they did. And the jury sided with them and awarded them $58 million. But the jury while they awarded $58 million, did say that their son, who originally spun out the car, was 75% at fault, and the person who hit him was only 25% at fault. So they're saying even if the $58 million stands, they're probably not going to get more than 25% of that. Yeah, but that's but still a lot of money. Still a lot of money, and it's still, I feel like the other guy is kind of being victimized here because I even think uh, 25% is maybe at fault unless he was determined to be driving recklessly or, you know, a drunk or something. But, I mean, it's you've kind of probably been there before where you see a car spun out in front of you. It's, sometimes you don't have a lot of reaction time. Yeah. Because you're not expecting a car to be stopped right in the middle of the road. So, But I, all the details on the story aren't given um, in what I read about it. But, anyway, it's going to be worked out 
further in court. They'll be ongoing <laughs> back and forth with lawyers and maybe another jury on all of this. But uh, it's just kind of weird. You would think the insurance company would wish now that they had just coughed up the $15,000 and would have been done with it. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is like, I'm not sure if this $58 million is about the accident at all. Maybe it's just about the insurance company dragging its feet. Well, yeah, this is what their lawyer said. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, most large verdicts, are the, and I'm quoting him now, most large verdicts are the direct result of insurance companies trying to stall and take advantage of the little guy. So, you know, right. I mean, it's just sort of like you're you're going to behave like jerks. We're going to stick it to you. Yeah. If you would have just paid the $15,000, it would have been a lot easier. And I think, you know, juries feel sympathy Saying, look, okay, he doesn't deserve all. He 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 was mostly at fault. The guy who's now paralyzed, but he, the other guy is somewhat at fault, and he should get some compensation. And he should, you know, really, all they wanted originally was a van. So it's uh, there'll be more coming on this, but it's just kind of a weird, convoluted story. Oh, definitely. Um, speaking about weird convoluted story apparently uh in yukaipa family members of a man is suing a riverside county sheriff's uh department for a wrongful death involving an officer involved shooting the victim that the family members were related to was shot 10 times uh was it an overreaction underreaction um what exactly did he do to get shot 10 times yeah, um, yeah, anyways, the, yeah, this Yukaipa man, and it was actually it was the San Bernardino County. Oh, San Bernardino, Sheriff. okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, he, there was a, the police were after him for uh, some vandalism he was supposedly engaged in, and uh, they claimed that he, when they pulled him over, that he attacked them and that they had to use force. And then he like went to the car to get a gun or something along those lines. And now uh, the lawyer for the family family of the dead guy is suing or saying that um, that is actually not really how it happened, and that the cops like threw him up against the car and uh, uh, tased him twice and then shot him ten times. Which <laughs> I think one, maybe two times would have been plenty. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, this is uh, you know kind of one of these he said she said things, but at the same time, it, there are some weird uh, factors here in the sense of the uh, press release that was originally came out, the news release by the uh, sheriff's department said that the the victim here, whose name actually is, uh, um, what is this, Factor, <laughs> Merlin Factor, he um, had these felony charges against him, or, but this wasn't true. And later they admitted, oh, it was just some misdemeanor uh, um, charges in the past that he'd had. And mm -hmm. it was a record for misdemeanors, but he'd never been convicted of a felony. So it was sort of like, you know, they were trying to make it seem like he was a much worse, more dangerous criminal that they needed to react with such excessive uh, force or what they didn't think was excessive because he was so dangerous. 
I can't get over the fact that he was tased and then he was shot. Like usually tasing, you're you're pretty much out for the count. Right, and they, they aren't saying, at least from what I've read, they aren't saying that after he was tased, he was still fighting or anything like that. Yeah. He's also supposedly slammed up against the car. But, um, you know, okay, so the other thing that's involved in the lawsuit and why they're you know, saying wrongful death is that they are alleging that he was immobile, bleeding profusely, and in critical need of emergency medical care, but medical help was not called in a timely manner. And so, you know, had they immediately called for medical attention, he might still be alive. Yeah. And you, you sort of get this kind of arrogance uh, on the part of the law enforcement. You get a feeling that that's the situation here. So uh, the lawyer is saying that this you know, was excessive force, is ob- objectively unreasonable under the circumstances. Yeah, it definitely sounds that way. Um, so in Riverside, a man was arrested for trying to sell items that he had previously stolen. That happens all the time on Craigslist. But this time it comes with a caveat. He didn't just sell it to anyone. He texted the person he stole the items from <laughs> to set up a meeting. Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you know when people sell the stuff on Craigslist, it's just kind of random. And the, half the time... People who are buying stuff on Craigslist probably have a feeling that the stuff is stolen, but they just like, oh, see no evil, hear no evil kind of thing. People do that. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing. But this is like to I, it, it's kind of bold and ballsy and <laughs> mostly just pretty stupid that you're going to text the person that you actually stole the stuff from and sell that, tell them you'll sell the stuff back to them. So chances are the person's already gone to the police, and then when they get to the text, they're going to definitely go to the police at that point. And so, you know, he said, sure, he could set it up with the police. Yeah, I'll meet you at the Kmart parking lot, and uh, I'll have uh, I'll leave a little envelope with some money, and you just drop the stuff off. And so, uh, the wait, guy wait, 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 there's a Kmart parking lot? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know those things were still around. Yeah, there are a few of them. Here okay, there. continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so he, as per the agreement, he has an envelope left on the dashboard of the car, I guess with the window open or something, and for the guy to pick it up. And the cops were all in on this. And as soon as the guy came, they, they swooped in. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, how stupid to, to text the person you stole from to tell them you'll sell it back to them that is that's pretty dumb like you admitted you did it over text which is very easy to save and now the person knows your phone number good job (laughs) good god so um we'll leave off with a hopeful note um because anytime someone stands up in, in unison and has a group and they're going on strike i think that's a very hopeful note um, teachers in Temecula Valley are striking and, and they're not striking for much, but they, they got together and they're upset. And I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, the Temecula, Temecula Valley, uh, teachers union are in negotiations with the Temecula Valley unified school district. And, uh, it's, uh, it's over, uh, 
new two-year contract, but it's I you know I didn't know they were until just a few days ago that they were actually kind of having this labor negotiation and that they were out demonstrating, which I'm, it's kind of nice to see in Temecula. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, all they're asking for is uh, a one percent raise retroactive to January first and a 3% increase for the 2014-2015 school year, which is not very much when you consider that they haven't been getting raises for some time. We all know what the bad situation the state budget's been in, and schools in general just haven't been getting money from Sacramento. So this is like kind of like a long time coming in the... School district is saying, oh, we can't do this. But the union negotiator is saying, well, no, we know you've got a lot more money in the budget now. There were a couple of things that were put into place the last election. I don't know if you remember. There was a tax on the uh, one of the ballot initiatives that, oh, that yeah, actually passed. That. Yeah, and there was a few things that— The did thing that made Phil Nicholson crap his pants. <laughs> but a few things that yeah were put into place by the governor that there were more money for the schools now and which is a great thing and it shouldn't all just go to administrators it should uh, go to the teachers who are actually doing the teaching yeah definitely well the thing sad thing too is like what they're asking for is essentially is a cost of living rate raise which yeah, it's, i mean it's, they weren't making that much to start with and so all they were asking for now is just to cover cost of living um expenses that have gone up and yeah, so it's, that uh, is nuts. Yeah, so it's it's they've got a mediator involved now, and I hope they they get something. It's not because, as you said, teachers aren't getting paid that much to start with. Yeah, they yeah. have a four-year degree plus some, and then you know, I mean, to ha handle a kid or to handle kids in the classroom with you know forty or more, um, and the work the hours they do, I don't think they get quite enough money. All right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So. Anyways, on that happy note, uh, Robert Larson comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Thanks, as always, for being on the show. It's my pleasure. Okay, and of course, this is the Heather McCoy Show.